Our text for this evening from John 19, verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. In the name of Jesus, why all the gory detail? Our reading of the Passion throughout these Wednesdays in Lent, and you're also going to hear it on Palm Sunday, and you'll also hear it during Holy Week, especially on Good Friday, quite gory. And we start talking about this thirsting, this bleeding, this dying, the scourging. I don't know about you, but it makes you a little uncomfortable, doesn't it? Perhaps even gazing at a cross that has a bleeding, almost naked corpus hanging upon it unsettles you just a little. And so, we do what sinners do. We seek answers to explain away the reasons that this Jesus of Nazareth was subjected to death. We seek simple, objective, even medical fact, trying to understand crucifixion, assuming that more knowledge will increase our faith and our piety. After all, we, we want an answer to why death occurred, why his legs weren't broken like the other criminals why Pilate didn't listen to his wife who pleaded with him have nothing to do with this man, why it seems that, that Pilate even recognized that Jesus was innocent, saying so over and over again, but yet letting them have their way with him. We want answers. We want fact. We want understanding. So I'll give you some. Crucifixion is mentioned by ancient writers such as Cicero and Josephus. And we actually have found archaeological evidence of crucifixion itself. Discovered near Jerusalem in 1968, such as a heel bone pierced with a large iron nail. Now the Roman Empire adopted the practice of crucifixion from the ancient Phoenicians in the 3rd century B.C., but history reveals that they generally didn't use it on their own citizens. Instead, reserving crucifixion for rebellious slaves, foreigners, and soldiers who deserted to join the enemy. In the 1950s, French surgeon Dr. Pierre Barbet, based in part upon an experiment that he performed with a cadaver, proposed that the actual nails were driven between the bones of Jesus' wrist instead of his hands. In 2004, Jeremy Ward, a physiologist at King's College in London, was quoted in the Guardian newspaper, the weight of the body pulling down on the arms makes breathing extremely difficult. In 2006, more fact, there appeared an article in the Journal of the Royal Society of Medicine listing not one, not two, not three, but nine different hypotheses 
about Jesus' precise cause of death, including asphyxiation, heart failure, a blood clot in the lungs, and hypovolemic shock in which severe blood and fluid loss prevent the heart from pumping enough blood to the body, causing organ failure. And of course, there's a pivotal book, which I'm sure all of you have on your bedside table, a bestseller called The Crucifixion of Jesus, A Forensic Inquiry, where medical examiner Frederick T. Zugabe goes into great detail, explaining the repeated blows that would cause broken ribs, lacerated and collapsed lungs, damaged muscles in the torso, all of which would obviously make it difficult and painful to breathe. But regardless of all this medical fact, scientific inquiry, or historical evidence, behold the man. There he hangs upon the cross. There he suffers, bleeds, and there he dies. For what reason? Simple, explainable results of the uncomfortable capital punishment known as crucifixion? No. There is a better explanation than all of that. There are seven sayings that our Lord spoke, known as the seven words as he hung there upon the cross. The fifth word or saying spoken by your Lord upon the cross is quite simple. I thirst. John, mind you, the disciple whom Jesus loved, the youngest of the twelve, is the only evangelist who records these simple words. Adding that Jesus said this to fulfill scripture. So, question for you, does Jesus thirst simply because of medical reasons? Because he is dehydrated? No. For Christian, our faith is founded, grounded, and rooted in the words of Scripture the word that became flesh that was made manifest among us, the word that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, Jesus thirsts to fulfill Scripture, to fulfill the whole counsel and law of a God who demands righteousness. Jesus thirsts literally to fulfill Psalm 69, verse 21, they gave me poison for food, and for my thirst they gave me sour wine to drink. And Jesus even fulfills his own words from the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, which is actually all about him, not you, where he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You see, your Lord hungers and thirsts upon the cross to fulfill all righteousness. He does this 
for you, to redeem you, not with gold or silver or bitcoins, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. No medical or historical evidence will ever offer the true reason for all the gory detail. For here is your sacrificial lamb who does all these things for you. That in your own thirsting soul you may believe that you may receive in the water of holy baptism a lavish washing away of your sin, that you may open your mouth and receive the precious medicine of immortality in your Lord's body and blood and simple bread and wine, that you may open your ears and hear your Lord who yet speaks to you and who even comes and says, I forgive you. Your Lord thirsted upon the cross, that you may be saved. And so you are. Behold the man. In the name of Jesus.